Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. These programs are based on the ministry of Witness Lee and his 21-year crowning work, The Life Study of the Bible, which focuses on the enjoyment of Christ as the divine life as revealed in the Bible. We hope that through these studies you'll be brought into a deeper enjoyment of the Scriptures and of our dear and precious Lord Jesus. You can contact us by sending email to radio at lsm.org or reach us toll-free, 888-LIFE-STUDY. Now, let's join today's program. To most Christians, the priesthood of Christ is something we seldom, if ever, consider. It sounds a bit lofty and spiritual to our natural ears to get very excited about. But the view of Christ in Hebrews as our great high priest is one that will stir our hearts and lift us up. We see him in this light on today's Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program furnished by Living Stream Ministry. Francis Ball has returned for a very encouraging Life Study today. Francis, welcome back. I think there will be something for everyone in our program today. Yes, I believe so, and I'm glad to be back, especially on this very encouraging message. Francis, we're going to see Christ as the High Priest today, and once again we're going to hear this term from Hebrews, a priest according to the order of Melchizedek. For those who have not heard this before, what does this refer to? Well, this is a very interesting term that shows us a type of Christ as our high priest. Now, this term, a priest according to the order of Melchizedek, indicates that it's different from the priesthood we learn about later in the Old Testament. It first appears in Genesis 14, and then is referred to again in Psalm 110. And we don't see his name again until we get to this book, Hebrews, where we are now in chapter 7. This term is about a man named Melchizedek, a very mysterious person. There's no genealogy with him, and we've heard quite a bit about him on previous programs. But today, just to answer this question, what does it mean, or what's indicated by this term, what is indicated is that this is a type of Christ. He has no beginning of days, no end of life. He shows up mysteriously. He blesses. He provides with bread and wine to a a victorious Abraham after a long battle. And he really supplies life to him, and he blesses him. All of this is a type of Christ to us, who is also supplying to us bread and wine, and also blessing us daily. This term, a priest forever, after the order of Melchizedek, means a lot, and we'll hear in this message today some of the deeper aspects of this meaning. As we mentioned, it has a lofty and quite spiritual sound, but really the application is very practical, very encouraging for every genuine lover of Christ. Francis, let's join Witness Lee with our life study today. Here. You have one chapter on the priesthood of Christ. And this chapter has a pair of aspects regarding Christ's priesthood. The first aspect is the kingly priesthood. And the second aspect 
is the divine threshold. Qingli refers to his status. Divine refers to his nature, to his element. His Qingli according to his status. His divine according to his divine nature. He is kingly because he is a king. And he is divine because he is God. He is the son of God. He not only has the kingship, but also the divinity. The kingship maintains the condition full of righteousness and peace for him to minister the process God for our enjoyment. But his divinity, his divine nature constitutes him to be a priest living full of life. He is a priest that not only has conquered death, not only has subdued death. He is such a divine person, full of divinity. Divinity is his nature. Divinity is his life. As such a lively one, as such a living one, he has swallowed of death. Now, wait, the kingly priest, there's no unrighteousness. There's no strife, but righteousness, but peace. This is with the kingly priest, but with the divine priest, there's no death. Hallelujah! No death! Because he is life. He is divine. Where he is, that is divinity. Where he is, that is life. Where he is, that is solid. Where he is, that is resurrection. Where he is, that is the absence of death. You know, light is the absence of darkness. The presence of light is the absence of darkness. Uh, where Christ is, that means the absence of death. Because he is divine. He is life. His threshold is just constituted with his divinity. His threshold is composed with his divinity. I say, oh, his threshold is divinity. Just like this table, I say, oh, this table is just a composition of wood. Wood is the element of this table. Divinity is the element of Christ being the high priest. When he comes into his ministry, that means absence of death. The priesthood of Christ is the absence of death and the presence of life.
Well, Francis, Hebrews, of course, is a book that deals very much with the priesthood of Christ. And chapter 7 that we are focusing on today really develops this priesthood. We heard that Christ has both a kingly and a divine priesthood. What's the distinction here, and how does this divine priesthood affect us? Well, there is this aspect, uh, because we see it in the type with Melchizedek. He's a king, and he's also the priest of the Most High God. So in both of these aspects, he's a type of Christ. As the kingly priest, Christ has the status of a king. He was not brought in from the priestly tribe, the Aaronic priesthood. His priesthood is different from the Aaronic priesthood, even though the Aaronic priesthood uh, does typify a certain aspect of Christ as our priest. Yet, this matter of being after the order of Melchizedek is a deeper meaning and more suited to Christ's heavenly ministry, the ministry that he, he has been exercising since his resurrection and ascension. He's there in the heavens interceding for us right now. The kingship is a matter strongly related to righteousness and peace. In this message, Brother Lee has brought out quite clearly that righteousness and peace have much to do with the ruling. Without the proper ruling, there can be no righteousness. And without the proper righteousness, there can be no uh, peace. So what is indicated here is as a king, we have a situation of righteousness and peace. And when Melchizedek came to Abraham, ministering to him bread and wine, this was a very righteous situation. And today, when we come to the Lord's table, when we come to remember the Lord in the Lord's Supper, we have to have a situation of righteousness and peace. And this takes our priest... Uh, providing for us a right situation and a peaceful situation. Now, concerning the matter of the divine priesthood, this has to do with life. The divine priesthood has to do with, or it, I could say, refers to his divine nature. He is God. He is life. With him, death has been swallowed up. He's a priest forever. The priesthood of Christ is the absence of death and the presence of life. So this priesthood in its divine aspect shows us that he's an eternal, divine priest. He has the nature of God, and his priesthood is divine because he is God, God the Son. Marvelous aspects both, Francis, a kingly priest and a divine high priest wonderful Christ. Let's go back to Witness Lee for more of our life study today. Peace, wonderful high priest, according to the order of Melchizedek, is constituted not by the law. And it says, the law profits nothing. And the law perfects nothing. Oh, this high priest is not constituted by the law or with the law. He is constituted with the power of an indestructible life. Who is he? He is the Son of God. Have you ever realized that there are a pair of effects? 
The only begotten is one aspect. The firstborn son is another aspect. The only begotten was from eternity without any beginning. But the firstborn was born in resurrection. Psalms 2 says, This day I have born you. And Acts 13.33 tells us, This day was the day of resurrection. When Jesus Christ, with his humanity, was resurrected in resurrection, that was his birth. The man Jesus, was born to be the Son of God. And this is not the aspect of the only begotten, but the aspect of the firstborn. This is related to the high priest's qualification. Here, verse 28 says, the Son of God has been perfected forever. As the only begotten Son of God, He was eternally perfect. But for Him to be the firstborn Son of God, He needs a lot of perfection. Firstly, He needs the incarnation to put on the human nature. And secondly, He needed to live on this earth for 33 and a half years. Passing through, undergoing all the human living. And then he needed to pass through death. To teach the death, to overcome death, to subdue death, and to swallow up death. And he also needed to get out of death, to be resurrected. Up to this point, after resurrection, he was fully perfected. So now, he's fully perfected, equipped, qualified, and positioned to be our divine high priest. With this high priest, there is not only no sin, even there's absolutely no death. Death has been fully swallowed up. With this divine priesthood. He lives. Hallelujah. He lives. He died. But he lives. And lives forever. With him. There is no preventing of death. With the Aaronic priests. Levitical priests. When lived for certain age. Then. He died. That Aramnic priesthood was constituted with the element of death. But this Melchizedek priesthood is constituted with life. And not only life, but life that passed through death. Life that is indestructible. How do you know this life was indestructible? Because he has been tested. He was tested by everything. Nothing could destroy him. So he is altogether indestructible. 
Francis, what we just heard was, of course, a major theme in the book of Romans that we recently concluded in our life study, the matter of Christ, not as the only begotten son, as we see him in John chapter 3, but as the firstborn son that we saw in Romans 8. Francis, this is, I think, worth our review today, particularly here as it's tied to the priesthood. What does it mean that as the firstborn, Christ needed to be perfected in order to qualify as this divine high priest? Even this kind of question might kind of offend our Christian ears. We always think of Christ as the only begotten Son of God. This is common among Christians, even non-Christians. They realize that he's termed the only begotten Son of God. Most all of us memorized John 3.16 when we were young, and many of us stopped there. We never got to a further reference to him as the Son. Christ is not only the only begotten Son, which he was from eternity, but as Son, there is another aspect to his Sonship that has a lot to do with his priesthood. In order for him to be the priest, he needed not only divinity, but also humanity. But it's not adequate to say that he had both divinity and humanity. We have to see that in respect to his Sonship. Because the word is that he said to the son, you are a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. So we have to see his sonship in a way that qualifies him, that equips him, and uh, sets the standard for him to be the high priest. For this, his humanity needs to be uh, perfected, equipped, and he needs to be the firstborn son of God. As you mentioned, this was brought out in Romans chapter 8, that he is a firstborn son. Also in Acts 13, it makes clear that he was begotten as the son of God, the firstborn son of God, in his resurrection. Firstborn means that he's connected to us as the believers, as the ones who have humanity. We need him as our high priest, but he must be qualified to be our high priest by being tested, by going through much experience, first of all, by his incarnation, and then by living a human life, perfect human life, for 33 and a half years, and going through death, and then being resurrected. In that resurrection, he became the firstborn son of God. And that qualifies him through all the testing, all the perfecting, all of the experiences he went through to defeat death, to be everything through everything to meet all our situations. So he's a high priest now, not according to a a teaching, but according to a life. And because he is life, he's a son of God. And because he's a son of God, going through all of these perfecting experiences, he became our perfect high priest, our eternal priest. Francis, as you said, this is not always easy for our religious ears. We do acknowledge and believe that he was incarnated, but to hear this kind of word, it just drives it home to us. Here was and here is not only God, but a genuine man, fully qualified to stand in our stead before the throne as our high priest. And how thankful we are for that, that he's there as our qualified, fully equipped high priest. Francis, let's go back to Witness Lee for the conclusion of our life study message. Christ, the only begotten of God, didn't need any perfection. But to be the firstborn son of God, he needed 
lot of perfect. After his resurrection, he was perfected forever. He was equipped, qualified, and positioned forever to be our priest. No problem. Absolutely no problem. We have to trust in him with full confidence because his qualification has been perfected forever, for eternity. Eventually, he becomes the surety. Here, surety means the bondman, the guarantor, the sponsor. Not the thing, not the matter, but the man, the person. This word, surety, in Greek, is pronounced this way, engoas. Engoas is a word, mostly with the root, that means a member of the body, a limb, L-M-B. It means a member of the body pledges itself to the body. Look at my hand. My hand as a man of the body, pledged himself to the arm. That the hand will do everything for the arm. This is a guarantee. The word surety here means Christ has pledged himself to the new covenant as well to all of us. He is the pledger. He is the bondman. To guarantee he will do everything that is needed for the fulfilling of the new covenant. The very Christ who has pledged himself to you is unlimited. He will do everything and he can do everything for you. So he is the qualified, the capable, and the able, and the possible surety. Whatever he guarantees, he can fulfill. He is able to save. Because he was living. And living to intercede for us. You may say, you never realized that he is interceding for you. There's no need for you to realize. You better try not to realize. Just go and sleep. And rest and trust in his intercession. Just enjoy his intercession, which is invisible to you. Hallelujah. Well, this is invisible, visible, praise be assured by the faithful word that this divine priest is all the time interceding for you. Your divine praise is interceding for you all the time so he can sing. Francis, we have a hymn that we sing that says, Oh, what can we say now except hallelujah? That is somewhat how I feel after this marvelous view of such a worthy high priest who has pledged himself to be the guarantee of our salvation and who's fully engaged interceding for us all the time. We have quite a high priest, don't we, Francis? Amen. We certainly do. Uh, this is too glorious. 
There's nothing left to say but hallelujah. Chris, our high priest has passed every test. There's not a situation that we will ever get into that he is not qualified to meet us in that kind of situation as our high priest. He's such a divine priest who has been fully perfected and perfected forever and has given us his promises. The Bible is full of promises, but not only promises. They are also now, because of his resurrection and because of his position and his qualification, they are made a covenant. He was made a high priest by a covenant. And that wasn't true with the Old Testament priests in the Aaronic priesthood. But this priest is after the order of Melchizedek, which gives it an eternal effectiveness. And it covers all the things that he includes in his word, so that we are under the guarantee that our high priest will make good everything that he's pledged to us. He's pledged himself. He's pledged all that he is to us. He is fully able to supply us with everything. He's interceding for us all the time. And through that interceding work, he's saving us day by day. We get into all kinds of situations, but he's there interceding for us, fully able to make good everything that he promised. And you know, it's quite wonderful, Chris, that uh, uh, in his qualification, in his ability, he's unlimited in what he can do for us. We may commit ourselves to one another, or even, you may say, the members of our physical body commit themselves to the body. Your hands commit themselves to the arms, and the arms commit themselves to the whole body. But we're limited what we can do. But he is fully tested, fully able to uh, make intercession for us and able to save us to the uttermost. So we have the confidence. We don't need to be worried. We don't need to try to, uh, to understand all these things. We just have to enjoy our wonderful high priest and trust him explicitly that he will perfect all that he promised. Francis, this was too marvelous a word today. This picture of Melchizedek not only the one that ministered the bread and the wine, but to see as Abraham was engaged in the battle and the slaughter of these unrighteous kings, he was not there solo. The high priest was there just as well, interceding for him. Really, that's where the battle was going on, wasn't it? Right, that's right. A great picture. I really enjoyed our life study today, Francis, and I enjoyed your being here. Thank you very much. And we're glad you joined us today for this wonderful life study message. We will be back with more of the life study of Hebrews with Witness Lee. For Francis Ball, I'm Chris Wilde, thanking you for listening today. Are you enjoying this program online or on a smartphone right now? Did you know there's much more from Living Stream Ministry that you can carry with you? Go to lsm.org slash ePublications to discover all that we have available for your tablet, e-reader, or smartphone. We support Kindle, Nook, iSilo, and ePub formats, which means you can read this ministry on any PC, Mac, Android, Palm, Blackberry, Sony, or Linux device. Everything from the recovery version of the Bible to the complete life study messages, and a vast array of other titles by Witness Lee and Watchman Nee are now just a touch away. 
The Word of God is rich and weighty, but now you can take it with you wherever you go. Again, the website, lsm.org slash ePublications. Thanks for listening today.